Welcome back, everybody. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We're about to get into our 20 million movement Bible study. 20 million people all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Okay, so um, announcements. Let's just a quick reminder about our app. Hoping everybody gets the app. Angela's family in the United States are all listening to the show on the app. So big shout out to Angela's family. Welcome to uh, Faith FM Breakfast Show. And uh, as we get into our Bible study this morning, do we have a oh, we, we have an attempt? Nope. Okay. All right. Just uh, messages are coming through on the phone. I've got a couple of messages coming through on my phone as well. Just a message about our last interview about um, ScoMo's change. Um, there's someone sent in a message on that, which I think is worth reading because it is true. Okay. To follow up on your comments about child abuse being a life sentence to the child, this sentence can also extend generationally. The, the trauma can be passed on from generation to generation, unless we can find some healing. Um, definitely, there's a lot of research around um, the trauma being passed on down to the generations. So. And so, basically, PTSD and so forth can be inherited. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's a, yeah. So it does create... Um, the, the, the fallout from child abuse is is huge to the third and fourth generation and how many stories have we heard of child abusers when they've been caught and dragged into court how many times have we heard that they were abused as children that's right over and over and over and over again this is this is um and what it what it takes is the grace of god to be able to create a circuit breaker in that cycle of abuse Often just being able to tell their story and be believed is a big healer. Big number healer. one. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway. A lot of things we can do right there. And, uh, yeah, wow, heavy stuff. But thank you, whoever texted that through. I didn't catch the name, but thank you for a very, very valid um, text message. We also have another person texting through talking about the COVID crisis and particularly emphasizing how the COVID crisis is being used around the world to take away rights and freedoms which is an interesting observation and it is definitely something that is taking place uh, there are those who see this as an engineered crisis for the purpose of accomplishing that fact that that reality um, whether that is the case or not history will tell but the reality is that any time there's a crisis liberties and freedoms are at risk the thing is, um, what they say is once governments pass laws, often they don't repeal them. They That's sit right. There. Absolutely. And they don't want to repeal them. That's right. And yeah. uh, they sit there and, yeah, so, um, this, yeah, person t- texting through right now is raising some very, very valid um, points that we probably don't have time to get through into this morning. But, yeah, just to, just to recognize that COVID is being used uh, as to whatever extent it is you know, hitting the world, in reality, it is being used to restrict people's freedoms and to bring in legislation that we will have to live with um, you know, for the rest of our lives. Unless we push to have them repealed once we're post-COVID. Exactly. And when has that ever happened? Post-COVID, it's like well, we're same- all going to breathe a big <laughs> sigh of relief and get on with our lives and forget that those laws exist. Well, the others are saying this is the, this is the start of... Um Next pandemic's down just down around the corner too, so that's that's the worry. This is true, and this is in many ways in the time in which we live. You know, the Bible says there'll be wars and famines and pestilences, which is diseases. We should expect pandemics 
to increase. To be increasing and affecting our world as we get near the end of time. That should be our expectation. Our other expectation should be that the increase in those pandemics and the crises created by it, whether real or promulgated, is going to result in the loss of our freedoms. Well, with men's hearts failing them for fear. Um, and people are driven by fear. And, and a lot of fear is driving this COVID. Yep. I think that's an excellent segue into our lesson because the world is definitely sending a bunch of mixed messages. I watch my different friends on social media and they just keep posting, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm confused. Yeah. And they get this message, oh, COVID is doing better. Oh, no, it's not. Or, oh, this is all a scam. Or it isn't. Or you just get all these different wear messages. Masks. Don't wear masks. Wear masks. Don't and, wear masks. Exactly. Definitely wear masks. It's and, spread by children. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting and it is emotionally exhausting and it, it's actually absolutely terrifying if we didn't have a greater hope to live in. Absolutely. Um, definitely is terrifying, yes. which I think is perfect because today's lesson is talking about learning from Jesus who always knew his scripture and scripture is what gives him hope. And I think that's what gives us hope and assurance and a foundation to lean on when the world, it doesn't matter what they tell us. They can keep going bouncing forth and bouncing back and forth and we can listen and take it in, but we know what we're headed for. And I think that's the beauty of this lesson. And the reality is with this whole COVID crisis, there is so much that we don't know. Definitely. You know, and it, it, it almost feels like, you know, um, well, it's, it's going to be history that is going to reveal the truth of it. Yes. And that's really going, it's going to be history and the research that comes out, you know, years down the track that are actually going to reveal, you know, if we ever do learn the truth of it. We certainly can't judge the truth of it now. And I think this is a really important point to make. While ever all of these conflicting opinions are floating around out there, we cannot judge the truth of it in the present because we are still learning new things about it every day. And this is where I want to come back to, where Angela wants to draw us back to, which is <laughs> our Bible study for today, um, our 20 Million Movement Bible study for today, which is all about learning from Jesus. And this is one of the important points, whereas I, you know, I see, I see you know, people on different, different perspectives on the whole COVID thing. The important thing is that we stay close to Jesus and we recognize that we are living in the end of time and that Jesus is coming back soon. And all of this is pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. Which fills our heart with joy instead of fear. And what an incredible thing to live with when the society and a world is living in fear. Okay, so let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. So Luke chapter 4, and uh, we're going to start here. We're going to look at, uh, we're, going to, we're talking about learning from Jesus this morning. And our overarching theme is, you know, living in the Word of God. And so... Clearly, you cannot get a better example than Jesus Christ. He is the example. So let's look at how Jesus lived in the Word of God. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And we will go to uh, verse 4. Please, Angela. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Okay, so what are the circumstances of this particular statement right here, and who is Jesus talking to? Talking well, to the enemy. Talking to enemy. Okay, so he's talking to Satan himself. All right, 
And what is Satan endeavoring to do? He's endeavoring to tempt him to turn stones into bread because he's been, Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. Anybody here ever fasted for 40 days? Anybody here ever fasted? Put your hand up if you fasted. Okay, so um, what's the longest fast that you've done, Darren? Um, two days. Two days. Angela? Um, two days with nothing and five days with just juice. Ooh. That's pretty good. Liam? Oh, no, he's putting his hand up for something else. Okay. <laughs> he's, just, he's letting me know I've got one minute left before we have a little interlude. But this is not just about... This is a big battle here because Emmy knows that Satan knows if he can get Jesus here he's he's got everything he's won the war okay so Je- and Jesus has been fasting for 40 days and that's a decent fast that's you know nobody wants to go so longer than weak that point. and if you're going to do that kind of fast you need to do it under medical supervision mm. Mm. Um, and it's not recommended so Jesus is is incredibly weak and in need of food so what's the problem in uh, turning some stones into bread? Why would that be? Uh, why would that be a problem? Why, why not just you know Satan turns up and's like, if you're the son of God, why don't you uh, just do this? You know, uh, he is the son of God. So would there be a problem in just you know taking some stones, saying a word, and of course the word of God is powerful, and they just become bread? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. So the beauty of what Jesus came here to do when he came to this earth was to show us a picture of God in and the flesh. And so you have to understand that Jesus did nothing without asking his father. And at this point, Satan is asking him to trust his inner need and his inner desire more than connecting with his father. And so his body is screaming, I want food, which we can all relate to. And he is testing him to see, are you willing to, to listen to your body or are you li- willing to listen to your father? Okay. And by the way, Jesus did say a word down the track and used barley loaves and fishes to feed a multitude. So he can do this. What, what he's saying here, Jesus could have done it quite easily and would have happened. That's right. There's no question about that. He had the power to do so. He was God. He's God. He never ceased to be God. He could call on that divine power. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a one tiny word that Satan used right here that poses a massive problem for Jesus to do this miracle. Uh, what might that word be? It's a two-letter word. Yeah, it's back in verse 3. It's if. 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 It's right away showing doubt. If you are the Son of God. Prove you are the Son of God. Prove you are the Son of God. Did Jesus need to prove that he was the Son of God to Satan? Satan knew that. Of course Satan knew that. <laughs> He doesn't need to prove anything. And if, he, if Jesus had done so, if he had done this particular miracle, who would he have been obeying? Whose instruction would he have been taking? Satan's to prove to him. Satan's instruction to prove to Satan. Okay, so there's well, a temptation to- here. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the implications of it, it's pretty full on, isn't it? Well, it's the same temptations in a way on, on, a, on steroids compared to what Eve and Adam had in the Garden of Eden. The same sorts of questions being asked. It's ex- yeah, it is. It is. Mm. And both of those temptations, it's interesting to see where Satan starts with Jesus because he starts the same way that he got the first human beings. That's right. That's right. And that's with temptation over food. Interesting. Appetite. All right, so let's come back to how Jesus deals with this particular situation. 
Uh, what was Jesus' strategy in dealing with the temptation that came his way? He was answering it with scripture. He was directly quoting from a verse um, in the Old Testament. Okay, so Jesus has made the word of God such a part of his life that when Satan comes to him with a temptation and when he is at his weakest and his mind is fuzzy and his blood sugar level is low and he's been fasting for a long time, the very first thing that comes to his mind in response to the temptation of Satan is the word of God. That's very interesting because... I don't know about you, Lo, I grew up with the idea of memory gems and you learnt a quarter of memory gems every single quarter. It's interesting, now when you're driving or things happen, those memory gems all come flooding back. Absolutely. Angela, you're a school teacher. Do you teach uh, memorization, scripture memorization to your children? When I taught elementary school, yeah, definitely. Um, and I had them write the verse down on Monday, and then we got into nature, and they would just draw whatever they think that verse meant to them. But I let God inspire them by being outside to draw wow. about the verse. And then on Friday, we test it. Mm, very cool. And whenever I can, I play scripture songs because um, songs stick in our heads more than anything else. So Steve Green, Hide Them in Your Heart are excellent scripture songs that my kids would sing nonstop. And my wife, who loves scripture songs, every now and then a verse will come up and I'll say, where is this verse found? And she'll sing the song to herself and da, 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 work her way through the song, come to the end and go, and spit out, <laughs> there spit out the Bible reference. <laughs> okay, then that's in Psalms chapter whatever verse, whatever. You've know? you got to sing it. Yeah, sing it, sing it to find it. Okay, let's go down to verse 8 and let's see how this story continues. Um, Darren, you got for us verse 8 there, please? Yes, um, verse 8, Jesus replied, The scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Okay, so what was the temptation this time around? Jesus was taken to the, to, to the pinnacle of a temple, right? We probably should have read all of the uh, verses in between just to... Um, Get us to our, give us our context on this. Well, so, so Jesus took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the oh, world this is in one a amount. moment in time. Imagine that. The whole world history, all the great kings and all the riches and all the glory. He gets a snapshot of it and the enemy shows him, the devil shows him a snapshot of everything. And the devil says, I'll give it to you all for free because I own it all. That's an interesting would that, statement. Would that, have been, would that have been tempting for Jesus? What did Jesus come to this earth to do? What was the primary thing that Jesus came to this earth to do? To win back the earth. How? By example. Yes. Was it going to be easy? Definitely not. What was it going to cost him? Everything. Yes. And specifically? His life. His life. Well, and there at the cross, I think you see God's government at its height and you see Satan's government at its height. Right there mm. at the cross. Contrasted with each other. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so when you, when, you, when you think about what Jesus has come to this world to do, it's going to be incredibly, unimaginably difficult and challenging. And Satan comes to Jesus and says, okay, you've got this really hard process in front of you. You're about to start your ministry. You know it's going to be tough. You know that you're going to be tortured to death. He's probably not saying, hey, I'm going to be the one who's going to torture you to death. But he says, you know that you're going to be tortured to death. And if you know that this is the case, I tell you what, I'll do you a deal. And let's face it, when we've got a sentence hanging over our head, a there's, plea no bargain is really good. there's no sweeter <laughs> words than a plea bargain or a deal. So he's like, I'll give you a plea bargain right here. 
Just worship me. It'll only take you 30 seconds. Just worship me and I'll give it to you all for free. You, can't, you want to save this world? I'll give it to you. You, you want to win this world? I will gift it to you for free. It'll take you 30 seconds. Just worship me. Would that be tempting? For us, possibly. I'm not sure if it... I mean, yeah, Jesus would have been... They say that Jesus would have, was tempted. In all points like as we are? Yeah. 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 So I guess... I think, yeah. And he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it was possible to remove... Like he said, this is just before he goes to the cross. He says, if possible to his father, remove it from me. So he sweated blood over that. So yes, this, this is very real for him. Absolutely. So this is a real temptation that Jesus is facing and quite a significant one. And once again, how does Jesus reply? Use the scripture. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So when we look at the experience of Jesus, we're going to find that over and over again, Jesus fortifies himself with the word of God. And I really like what Darren was saying earlier about, and Angela as well, about, you know, um, Angela, what you did with your children in when you're teaching and Darren, what you um, did as a young person growing up in memorizing scripture and how those memorized scriptures just keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. In your really down moments when you are pretty weak like Jesus was here, um, it's those scriptures again that say, yeah, well, God said this and our scripture comes back of um, the angel Lord and camp around those that fear him and deliver him. I've used that text. That text been in my mind quite regularly when I'm driving and doing things and I think I'm like a cat with nine lives or more because I've, I've come close to death a number of times in various ways and that, that text is sitting there saying, no, the angels are here. Yes, indeed. And praise God for those angels. I think we can probably all relate to that on occasion um, as well. Um, where do we find, we find that uh, verse 10, isn't it? It is written. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Um, verse 9, he brought him to Jerusalem, sat him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will give his angels charge over you to keep you. Satan's learned something along the lines here, hasn't he? Yep. So he has, so Jesus has defeated him with scripture. And so what does Satan decide to do? Let's fight fire with fire. Let's quote scripture. It's like, okay, you want to go there? I can go there. If, if, you see, if you see scripture as something that holds credibility and is a guide for your life, then I will give you scripture. Now, and the scripture a, is true. The scripture was, that's just definitely scripture. <laughs> because this is the one that you and I were just quoting here a moment ago. Yeah. And Angela, you've probably um, been preserved by angels on occasion as well, I would guess. <laughs> being a human being is one of those things that I think most of us can look back on our lives and go, yeah, that was a close one. I'm I looking think, forward to heaven to ask, can you replay that scene? I want yeah, to see what the angels were doing. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, Satan is here testing of a difference between presumption and faith. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, we probably need to come back and unpack that a little bit more, um, the difference between presumption and faith. But it's a real temptation, and Satan is using Scripture. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are talking about the temptation of Jesus Christ here and the way in which he responded. We had a text message come through from a listener. Do we have that uh, there where um, this person is saying, why are the Scriptures central? And then he answers himself, having God's word in all my heart and mind is life. 
just Love really that. want to, whoever's uh, sending that text message through just really appreciate the uh, the sentiments there and how the scriptures bring um, life to each one of us. All right, we were talking about the temptation that Jesus faced on the pinnacle of the temple to throw himself down where it's promised that the angels would bear you up, that your foot would not dash against a stone, to use the old English. In other words, you wouldn't even stub your toe falling off the highest pinnacle of the temple. And so Satan here is quoting scripture. So does Satan use scripture? He probably knows it better than many many of us know scripture. (laughs) I think he does. I think he probably knows it better than... Yes, any human being knows it. And so he is able to quote scripture. So what warning then should that serve to us? The fact that scripture can be used positively and negatively. Exactly. How do we then protect ourselves from the misuse of scripture? Okay, so let's 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 say that we, you know, let's say that we don't have Satan turn up in our backyard and start quoting scripture to us. I don't think that's happened to too many people too many times. However, Satan does have servants on well, this earth who do turn up and quote scripture. Darren, you've been itching to say something. I've been. I should say in the in history, um, scripture's being used by false prophets to start movements and end up in tragic circumstances. Um, Waco, Texas, is example. David Koresh said he was the Messiah and um, quoted scripture and prophecy to say that. Um, so I think we need to make sure that we. We test the scriptures. We don't just take one verse that someone says, um, as the Bereans do. They search scriptures daily to see if this is so. You need to be grounded in the word and I think also praying um, for the Holy Spirit to guide you because that's a big thing when you study scriptures, praying for divine guidance to help you understand this and interpret it. Um, But yeah, I think you need to test things, test all things like the Bereans did. And it's the attitude in which you approach scripture, right? If, if Jesus was to respond to any one of these temptations and follow what Satan's asking him to do, it's all to prove himself. If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God. Satan is taking the words that were placed upon him by the Father just 40 days prior with his baptism, saying, this is my Son, my beloved mm, Son, mm. in whom I am well pleased. And now Satan's like, are you sure? Are you really sure that you're yeah, Satan? Yeah, I mean, you're starving to death. How could that be possible? Are you? Yeah, look at you. This This is the epitome of the Son of God. This is what it's supposed to look like. You've been humbled. And this is what now you're going to tell me that you are the son of God. And I think that that really applies to our lives and the fact that constantly there's two voices. There's God's voice and there's Satan's voice. And God's voice is trying to tell us, yes, there's a way to do better. Yes, there's conviction, but there's encouragement. And Satan's voice is really that that's what a Christian looks like. That's what a good father, a good mother. That's what a good child looks like. I don't I don't think you are what God says you are. Mm. Wow. Powerful temptation right here. Powerful temptation. And uh, and strengthened by the fact that Satan brings out Scripture to prove his point. You know, I, I, I can, you know, it, it, and, and to prove that, you know, Jesus should do something and it's appropriate for him to do something. Something I want to get back to is, you know, when we talk about Satan quoting Scripture, how often do we sit in church, listen to anything that the preacher says, and just accept it without stopping to actually think about, yeah, you know what, I should go and study this. I'd rather someone come and say, I mean, you said that, but are you sure? And 
point out if I'm wrong. I'd rather that yeah. happen than have everyone just glazed over and say, yeah, that was good and well done, Pastor. And I love to be challenged. I like to say, well, that I like to know that people are thinking about what you've said and are thinking if this is true according to the scriptures. Absolutely. Absolutely. We live in a world, though, of feed me. Think about it. Our whole lives revolve around screens so often these days that we're just looking to be fed. And so too often we just don't think. You know, it's in that time of nothing that creativity happens. And there is no nothing in our lives anymore. There's um, quickly go to the next screen or there's this on or there's this. And we just don't just sit and think. And so I think it's very difficult to to understand scripture to its full depth if we never just take the time to mull over something. You're not trying to necessarily even solve something. You're just sitting and being still. That, you just said something very profound there that I've never heard articulated in that way before. In the time of nothing, creativity happens. Mm. We don't have a time of nothing anymore. No. From the moment we get up, you know, even we get in the car, there's music. We go for do our exercise. There's music. We, we, we take are, a shower and there's a radio now in our shower. We sit on the toilets and we scare in our phone. There's literally... How many times have you gone to go to the toilet, got halfway there, gone back, got your phone, and then <sighs> gone to the toilet? <laughs> okay. okay, admit it, admit it. I mean, I'll be the first to put up my hand. I have done that. Never. Yeah, you, you're right. Okay, Angela has never done that. You're right, Lyle. Angela, you are my you are my hero. But what we call the white noise and and yeah, white noise is what is all around us. There's, there's sounds of silence. We don't. It's hard to find silence in this world today. That's the profundity for today. We need to have those moments of nothing. Yes. Where we can, where creativity can happen and we can connect with God. And I think what the devil has done in our modern society is drown out the voice of God so we just can't hear it anymore. Well, when my kids come to me and say, growing up, I'm bored, I'll say, that's good, that's good. They look at me and say, what? And I'll say, no, bored's good. And now they realize what I was meaning, but I used to tell them that being bored was good. <laughs> I wish I could be bored. When's the last time I was bored? I'd love to be bored. <laughs> I'd love to be bored. Oh, dear. What would it be like? Yes. I remember being bored as a kid. And then, yes, I can relate to what Angela says right now. I, kids have it so have it so well. I, anyway. Okay. We need to, in our uh, last little bit of time here, there's another couple of uh, principles that we need to draw out. I think, uh, you know, the temptation of Jesus is probably one of the greatest that we have in the Bible. It illustrates how Jesus just saturated himself in the Word of God. He lived in the Word of God. He actually was the living Word of God in and of himself. Uh, let's go to Luke 24, verse 45 um, and 46. First to get there, if they could read that one, between Angela and Darren. Oh, I think they got there simultaneously. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Okay, so what is Jesus basing his, um, his explanation of the crucifixion on? The on prophecies of the Old Testament. Prophecies of the Old Testament. He's opening the scriptures. So when Jesus approaches people, he is saturated in the scriptures. Okay, Darren, Matt, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 10. Matthew 11, verse 10, if you could grab that one for us. And uh, if you could flick over to John 6.45, please, Angela. Matthew 11 and verse 10. 
John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer. Jesus is soaked in the scriptures and applying everything to the scriptures. John 6.45 It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. And Jesus' statement, you know, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Jesus over and over and over again sets us an example of directing our attention to the Word of God. And that's where we should spend our time. 